Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. If this is your first time here, hey, girl, my name is Dominique Young, and I'm excited to be studying the Bible with you this morning. And if you came because you desired a place to study the Bible with a group of women um, and you just you just wanted to talk about the scriptures, then you're absolutely in the right place. And we're glad that you're here, whether you're here live or on the replay. But before we get started, I want to say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live on this Friday morning. Uh, good morning, Nydia. Good morning. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Raquel. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, April. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Barb. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. And before we jump into today's chapter, which is Joshua chapter nine, I want to ask you, what are you grateful to God for this morning? Good morning, Donita. What are you grateful to God for this morning? What are you grateful to God for this morning? Good morning, Jessica. You know, I was reflecting, actually, I am grateful to God for life and for still being here. So some of you guys may know that I, um, I went through something in one of my childbirths. I went through something called um, postpartum psychosis. And some of you guys may know that um, I go through currently after my second or fourth child was born, I started dealing with something called PMDD. Um, And with both of these things, your mind is, for lack of a better term, playing tricks on you. Like it just feels like you're fighting on the inside, literally for your life, fighting against suicidal thoughts, fighting against all different types of things. And then when the hormones balance themselves out again, it just goes away. And this has been a particularly uh, challenging couple of days for me. Praise God for my husband. It's been a particularly challenging couple of days for me. Uh, I know that I didn't really eat well coming into this period. So just, man, it feels like I'm fighting for my life. And I praise God because um, he's just so faithful. Like he is so faithful. He is right there. He continues to send people, send help, send supports. Um, And so I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for community. I am grateful for just being here, just being alive. There are many people that have gone through uh, PMDD, that have gone through 
um, postpartum psychosis and have taken their lives or the lives of their loved ones. And so I am grateful and thankful to, for being here. I'm grateful and thankful that God is navigating me through this. And I'm grateful and thankful that I've found some solutions. Um, and I'm grateful and thankful that you guys are praying for me. Don't stop. If you have been praying for me, keep praying, especially this week, because I'm over here fighting y'all. <laughs> like, I am fighting. So please, please keep praying for me. I missed, uh, I missed the warrior wives yesterday because I went to sleep. I was like, I can't with this mind right now. <laughs> so I went to sleep. Um, but please uh, continue to pray for me. I really am grateful for each and every one of you all in all of the prayers. I'm thankful for my husband and his prayers. I'm thankful for God that he continues to show up. Um, I'm thankful for this time that we have together because it helps. It helps so much for me. A lot of times people are like, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, you should take a break from Mornings with Jesus. I'm like, look, Mornings with Jesus is helping me. The, the Lord knew I needed this. So come on, I, I'm just following the Lord here because he knew I needed this. And so praise God. God is so good. And I, I'm believing uh, that God is going to do something awesome with all of this. And um, I don't know what it is, though, but I'm grateful uh, for him walking with me through the season. So that's my gratitude. I know it sounds weird, but I really am. I'm really, truly, truly grateful um, for all of this. And I'm really, truly grateful for him constantly showing me um, solutions, things to, to things that are affecting my hormones, things that are helping to balance them out, foods that I need to give up and stop eating, even though it's really hard, but I really need to stop eating them because they impact my body negatively. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm thankful that God is constantly showing me these things. Brandy says, I'm grateful it's Friday and for a great conversation last night during the Warrior Wise meeting. I know it was awesome. I know it was awesome. Praise God. Bevy says, I'm grateful to God for his word, especially studying this book of Joshua with you, my sisters. Hallelujah. Heather says, I'm grateful for obedience. Um, uh, for obedience. Amen. Also, this is for me. Come on. <laughs> me too, sis. This is for me. That's why I show up. I show up every morning because I'm like, the Lord is here. The Lord is doing something. God, I want to be where you are. This is for me. Amen. God is good. God is good. Um, Brickell says, I'm grateful for my friends. Hallelujah. Me too. Donnie just says, I'm grateful for an awesome time with Warrior Wives last night. I needed that time and so glad God met us there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Erica says, I'm grateful for medication. I would be in the hospital without uh, without it, I'm assuming. I, I think it cut off. But I'll be at the hospital without it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the, the modern solutions that he's given um, us. Oh, I would be, I, I would be in a hospital without my family. There we go. Without my family. Praise God. I see that word. Amen. Ellen says prayers for everyone struggling. Praise the Lord. Yes. Lift everybody up. Come on. We're going to keep using that prayer request thing in the app and people continue praying. So praise God. Praise God. Amen. Anastasia said, grateful for life and thankful to be here. Praise God. Me too, sis. Lilith I, it says, I am grateful to God for answering my prayers, whether it is yes, no, or wait. It is great talking to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for praying for me, sister. Donita, I'm grateful for you, sis. I feel them prayers. I'm telling you. Woo. Yesterday, I was struggling. 
So thank y'all for praying. Shanda says, I'm grateful this bat issue I'm having is being resolved. Heard bats in the wall at another part of the house. It's annoying, but thank God for provision and getting rid of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jessica says, we are going to continue to pray, Dominique, for healing and wholeness. Come on, keep praying. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. April said, I have postpartum depression. Grateful to God that he saw me through it. My son turned 11 on Tuesday. Come on. God is faithful, y'all. Hold on. If you are going through, I'm telling you, if you are going through any of this, hold on. And if you feel like you're a danger to yourself or others, go get help. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make anything. Just go get help. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, please go get help. And God will be there with you as you get the help that you need. Okay. Okay. And we will be here. We will be here cheering you on as you go get that help you need. Okay. And um, so praise God, praise God. Ellen says she had postpartum depression, made it through. And I know probably a few people had it and thank the Lord that made it through. Ellen said, I'm so grateful for the support that shows up and what God sends our way during storms. Come on. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yep. Yep. Amen. Audrey says, I'm grateful for God's love for me. He is everything I need for life, hope, and strength. Hallelujah. Good morning, Joanne. Barb says, so grateful for you all. So blessed. God approved. Amen. Hallelujah. Shelly says, I'm so grateful to God for life and for his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Jessica says, I'm grateful to God for a shift and doing a new thing. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nidia is grateful to God for obedience and discipline. Come on. Hallelujah. Lisa says gratitude for a new day. Amen. Good morning, Tess. Good morning, Tess. Speaking of Tess, have you heard from Maya? Let us know how she's doing. She's been on my heart heavy. Um, and I'm not on Facebook, so I haven't seen her. Uh, Roma says grateful today is Friday. Didn't want to get up, but I did. Come on. Me too, sis. I feel you. Joanne says, I'm grateful for my coworkers and for employment. Hallelujah. Good morning, Shabrina. Anastasia said, asking for prayers for myself, my husband and his family, praying for peace, wisdom, and discernment on how to help my husband. Praying this headache goes away completely. Father God, we lift up Anastasia. We lift up her husband. We lift up her entire family to you. And Father, we pray that you lead her, guide her, and give her wisdom. Show her what it is that you want her to do, the stance that you want her to take. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you be with her as she stands in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Colina says, grateful I'm going to take a trip to see my mom in Philly today. Praise the Lord. That's so awesome. Safe travels. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, T. Horton. So glad to see y'all this morning. Hallelujah. Heather says, I'm grateful for his correction. Amen. God is good, y'all. God is good. He is present. He is there. He walks with us through the challenges. He walks with us through the storms. God is absolutely amazing. God is absolutely amazing. And don't let me stop your praise. I'm getting ready to pray us in as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter nine, but don't let me stop your praise. And before we jump into Joshua chapter nine, Brandy asked a question yesterday and I went into study mode because I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I answered that question well. Lord, help me. So she asked, who were these people, right? So we know that the people that are in the land, and we're going to pray after this. I just wanted to give this really quick blurb. We know that the people that are in the land that the, the Israelites are currently conquering were like the city of Jericho, the city of Ai. And we know based on Genesis chapter 15, that there was some type of sin that hadn't quite reached its full at that point 
and now has reached his full. But who are they biologically? Who are they related to? And actually, all of these cities right here is what we call the land of Canaan. The land of Canaan. So they are descendants of Canaan. Who is Canaan? Canaan is the grandson of Noah. Why is this important? Because when Noah got drunk and his son Ham walked in on him and basically spread gossip about him, um, Noah woke up, sobered up, found out what happened. And instead of cursing Ham, his son, he cursed Canaan, Ham's son, which is his grandson. And so now, and he said, he said to them, um, you will be cursed um, and you will be the lowest of slaves to your brother. So that is who these people are. Um, they are actually the descendants of Canaan, who is the grandfather or grandson of Noah. So that's just a little bit of background about who we're reading from about. And I pulled up a map. And we're getting ready to pray. I pulled up a map. I know it's a little map, but um, if you can see to, I think I can't see how you guys are looking at it, but the left of the screen, we have like Egypt over there. And then they go down that peninsula and come back up. And where you see all of that activity going on, um, on that, le- it's on the left side of my screen, um, or I'm sorry, it's on the right side of my screen. All that is where they are. It's the land of Canaan. And so I just wanted to give that because it made me think, I'm like, hold up, wait, wait, wait. Let's go back to the lineage of who these people are and that's who they are. So I hope that was helpful um, for anybody that was wondering that was wondering um, who these people are. They were in the lineage of Canaan, who was the son of Ham. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. We thank you for how you continue to show up in our lives. We thank you for how you continue to lead us and guide us. And we thank you, Lord, that when we come here to study your word, you're you're like already here. Lord, we thank you, God, that you continue to walk with us through this. You continue to help us. You continue to help us to shed even past ideas that aren't really biblical. Um, Lord God, we thank you that you continue to help us see you beyond our preconceived notions of who you are. And Lord, we pray that as we read Joshua chapter nine, that you would help us to see you. Lord, we pray that it be more than just words on a page, Lord, but they be things that direct us to you to be able to see your character, Lord God, and to be able to understand you even more. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Where you lead, God, we will follow. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Here we go. Today, we're reading Joshua chapter 9. I'll be reading from the CSB translation. You can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. And if this is your first time here, we read the chapter two times. The first time, we kind of soak it all in, get a picture of what's going on. And the second time, we take out our pens, our highlighters, take notes. Um, Then we move into a time of personal reflection and then into a time of corporate reflection. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then you are absolutely in the right place. All right, here we go. Joshua chapter nine. Joshua chapter nine. When all the kings heard about Jericho and Ai, those who were west of the Jordan in the hill country, 
in the Judean foothills and all along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, they formed a unified alliance to fight against Joshua and Israel. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they acted deceptively. They gathered provision and took worn out sacks on their donkeys and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They wore old patched sandals on their feet and threadbare clothing on their bodies. Their entire provision of bread was dry and crumbling. They went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the men of Israel, we have come from a distant land. Please make a treaty with us. The men of Israel replied to the Hivites, perhaps you live among us. How can we make a treaty with you? They said to Joshua, we are your servants. Then Joshua asked them, who are you and where do you come from? They replied to him, your servants have come from a far away land because of the reputation of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two Amorite kings beyond the Jordan, King Shion and Heshbon and King of Og of Bashan, who was in Ashtoreth. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our land told us, take provision with you for the journey. Go and meet them and say, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we took it from our houses as food on the day we left to come to you. But see, it is now dry and crumbly. These wineskins were new when we filled them. But see, they are cracked. And these clothes and sandals of ours are worn out from the extremely long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but did not seek the Lord's decision. So Joshua established peace with them and made a treaty to let them live. And the leaders of the community swore an oath to them. Three days after making the treaty with them, they heard that the Gibeonites were their neighbors living among them. So the Israelites set out and reached the Gibeonite city on the third day. Now their cities were Gibbon, Sherath, Beroth, and Kirajerim. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the community had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Then the whole community grumbled against the leaders. All the leaders answered them, we have sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we cannot touch them. This is how we will treat them. We will let them live so that no wrath will fall on us because of the oath we swore to them. They also said, let them live. So the Gibeonites became woodcutters and water carriers for the whole community as the leaders had promised them. Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said to them, why did you deceive us by telling us you live far away from us when in fact you live among us? Therefore, you are cursed and will always be slaves woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. The Gibeonites answered him, it was clearly communicated to your servants that the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. We greatly feared for our lives because of you and that is why we did this. 
Now we are in your hands. Do to us whatever you think is right. This is what Joshua did to them. He rescued them from the Israelites and they did not kill them. On that day, he made them woodcutters and water carriers as they are today for the community and for the Lord's altar at the place he would choose. Let's read this one more time. When all the kings heard about Jericho and Ai, those who were west of the Jordan in the hill country, in the Judean foothills, and all along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. They formed a unified alliance to fight against Joshua and Israel. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they acted deceptively. They gathered provision and took worn out sacks on their donkeys and old wineskins cracked and mended. They wore old patched sandals on their feet and tread bare clothes, threadbare clothes on their bodies. Their entire provision of bread was dry and crumbly. They went to Joshua in the camp of, at Gilgal and said to him and the men of Israel, we have come from a distant land. Please make a treaty with us. The men of Israel replied to the Hivites, perhaps you live among us. How can we make a treaty with you? They said to Joshua, we are your servants. Then Joshua asked them, who are you and where do you come from? They replied to him, your servants have come from a far away land because of the reputation of the Lord your God. For we have heard of the fame and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two Amorite kings beyond the Jordan, King Shion and Heshbon and the king of Og of Bashan, who was in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our land told us, take provision with you for the journey. Go and meet them and say, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we took it from our houses as food on the day we left to come to you. But see, it is now dry and crumbly. These wineskins were new when we filled them. But see, they are cracked. And these clothes and sandals of ours are worn out from the extremely long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provision, but did not seek the Lord's decision. So Joshua established peace with them and made a treaty to let them live. And the leaders of the community swore an oath to them. Three days after making the treaty with them, they heard that the Gibeonites were their neighbors living among them. So the Israelites set out and reached the Gibeonite city on the third day. Now their cities were Gibbon, Sheriff, Beroth, and Kirath, Jerem. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the community had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Then the whole community grumbled against the leaders. All the leaders answered them, we have sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we cannot touch them. This is how we will treat them. We will let them live so that no wrath will fall on us because of the oath we swore to them. They also said, let them live. So the Gibeonites became woodcutters and water carriers for the whole community as the leaders had promised them. Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said to them, why did you deceive us by telling us you live far away from us when in fact you live among us? Therefore you are cursed and will always be slaves. 
woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. The Gibeonites answered him. It was clearly communicated to your servants that the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. We greatly feared for our lives because of you, and that is why we did these, this. Now we are in your hands. Do to us whatever you think is right. This is what Joshua did to them. He rescued them from the Israelites and did not kill them. On that day, he made them woodcutters and water carriers as they are today for the community and for the Lord's altar at the place he would choose. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read your word. We thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read these scriptures, Lord, and get a better understanding of you, of, of people's history with you, of the testimonies of generations past. And Lord, we pray that as we move into a time of reflection, that you would help us, that you would lead us and guide us and show us what it is that you want us to see from this chapter. Lord, wherever you lead, we will follow. Open the eyes of our hearts, God, so that we can see you, so that we can know you. And Father God, draw us close to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's take a few moments to reflect on Joshua chapter 9. Here we go. time for some corporate reflection and to talk about to talk about this chapter. <laughs> so just a little bit of background before we dig in. So the Gibeonites again are descendants of Canaan. So much like Israel, how Israel got split up, eventually Israel gets split up into two kingdoms. One kingdom is known as the, the Judean kingdom, and then the other one is the Israel kingdom. This is how we get the name Jewish um, from those that were in the Judean kingdom. Much like that, the Canaanite descendants get split up into many different cities. One of the cities still identifies as Canaanites, and then the other cities identify as other things. And here we have Gibeon, which is a Canaanite city. Um, and they tricked the children of Israel into thinking that they were from very far away. Why? Because they heard about all that the Lord had done. And they're like, look, <laughs> we're going to figure this out so we can live. So that is what they did. 
Now, what's standing out to you guys about this chapter? And CJ says verse 24 through 27, especially verse 25 through 27. Joshua could have had the Gibeons killed, but he spared their lives and made them woodcutters and water carriers. He went through with the oath. Yes, and the reason he did this <laughs> is because he says um, in verse, what verse is it? Verse 19, all the leaders answered him, we have sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we cannot touch them. This is how we would treat them. So they couldn't do anything because they swore an oath by the Lord. If they broke that oath, they were now breaking an oath with God. They swore an oath by the Lord without asking the Lord, but that oath was still significant. And if they broke that oath, they would have God to deal with. So yeah, Donita said, verse 14, why Israel, why? <laughs> I get so nervous for them as we read through this. Spoiler alert, especially knowing what is coming in judges. Yes, makes me think the same of myself. Why, Donita, why? <laughs> yes, yes. So this is not the end of the story with the Gibeonites. This story will continue. <laughs> And we will get some more understanding of what happened because of what happened here. Natias is verse 14. How dangerous it is to go on our own accord and not consult the Lord. Erica says, come on again. Don't do something big without asking God, Joshua. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Donita said, I literally yelled like I was watching a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Audrey said, deception has consequences that could last a long time. Don't be deceived. You will reap what you sow. Also, don't, com don't compromise to be recognized. God will let you be known. Come on. Erica said, I heard most of us ladies groan, right? And so if this is the first time you are reading with us, let's, let's talk a little bit about Joshua and what's been happening. So Joshua was taken over from Moses and so far, there's been two major things where Joshua did his own thing without consulting the Lord. He relied on his own strength, his own intellect without consulting the Lord. The first one was the first battle in Ai. He figured, well, we can go. That's not a very big city. We'll just take a few men um, and we'll conquer the city. Well, they got beat. They lost men on the field. And Joshua was so distraught, like, God, why did you leave us? Why did you bring us all the way out here just to fail? Um, and lo and behold, there was sin in the camp. But because Joshua did not ask God before he sent these men into battle, he, did, he relied on his own strength. Um, and then he wanted to blame God for bringing them out there. Um, but it was really, he didn't ask God. Now here we are again. These people are coming. They're actually coming from close distance. Joshua doesn't know that, but the people look like they're telling the truth. You see what they did? They made sure they took bread that was crumbly so that it appeared as if they had been walking for a long time. They made sure that they put on certain clothes so that it looked like they had been walking for a long distance and their clothes were worn out. They made all of it appear that, that they had come a long way. And Joshua went based on appearance, just like he did in AI. 
in AI, he sent people to scout the land and the people said, oh, there's not a lot of people in the city of AI. So we can, uh, we only need a few people. They went based on what it looked like. Then they only sent a few men and they went based on what it looked like. And instead of what God said, and they got duped both times, both times. Ah, so that's why if you hadn't read the, the previous chapters, that's why people are groaning right now. Like, no, not again. And probably because we've seen this in ourselves as well. The danger of going off of what something looks like, as opposed to going off of what God said. Janice says, same thing I had to learn the hard way myself. And I think why I keep seeing it here, always ask God again. Don't assume the answer is the same as the last time. Come on. Don't assume the answer is the same as the last time. Always ask God again. Hallelujah. Bevy says, verse 14, disobedience. They did not consult God before making a decision. Yep. Brandy says, verse 14 through 15, we should seek God's guidance for the right decision. Yes, instead of looking at what it looks like. Looks can be deceiving and what something looks like can be manipulated. Anastasia said, in all your ways, seek the Lord and acquire understanding. Doing life without God can be dangerous. Come on. Woo. Lilith says, deception and disobedience stood out to me. Yep. That it, that's it. April said, this reminds me of when we don't seek God's guidance before we go off and make decisions. God is awesome because although he has hurt uh, consequences, he desires for us to repent and return to him. We may still have to suffer the consequences, however. That is true. Jessica says, the fact that they didn't consult or pray to God, but went off flesh and was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And Roman says, even though the Gibeonites came deceptively, verse nine reminds me that the greatness of God cannot be kept a secret. Come on. And that's what, remember, we went back, we said, look, God, the, the, the consequence of the punishments of God are not a sneak attack. These people knew, not only did they know what God, what God was doing, not only, they knew that God was sending Israel to take over these lands. They already knew. They also knew what God did in Egypt. They also knew what God did in uh, Jericho. They also knew what God did in Ai. And it said that there was a group of people, a group of nations that although they knew this, they were going to come together and they're like, we're going to fight against God, right? The Gibeonites was like, nah, we're not going to do that. What, what we're going to do is we're going to try to trick them into an alliance with us. And that's exactly what they did. How were they able to trick them? Because the children of Israel didn't ask God. You can't trick God, but you can trick a person, right? Um, so it worked for them. And because the children of Israel um, swore an oath to them by God. Isn't that so interesting? They didn't ask God, but they swore an oath by God. They swore an oath in the Lord's name, but didn't ask the Lord. So now they are, they have to adhere to the oath in which they swore or else they have to deal with God. And instead of, instead of going, they never even went back, instead of going back to God and saying, God, we did this, how should we handle it? They decided we don't want to get in trouble with God. So we're going to keep this thing going <laughs> since we swore the oath by his name. Whoa, my goodness. 
Anastasia said, we are no different from the people of Gibeon when we do people pleasing or manipulating in order for us to get approval. At the same time, the consequences await. Oh, look, I don't know. I might have been like the people, the, the people in Gibeon at this point. Like, look, I don't know what we can do. We got the, the, the way that we live and survive is that we make a treaty with these people. Nydia says, how many times I got myself into trouble doing my way, thinking my way is better than I go running to God to fix it. Yeah. Amen. Erica says, Joshua was up in heaven. They're going to read this mistake forever. Thank God I don't have a book written about me. And you know, the interesting thing about it is I believe that these, this book is for us. I believe they're talking about something completely different in heaven and not remembering or rehearsing you know, people's mistakes. I really do. I believe that we get to heaven um, and, and it's new. Everything is brand new. The mistakes here on earth are here on earth. They're here for us to learn from. Um, yeah, that's that's my belief 100% with that. But, uh, you know, I've never been to heaven. So you know. um, <laughs> Karen says, then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety and the leaders of the community ratified the agreement binding oath with Joshua and 915. Yeah. Yep. Barb says, yes, learning the hard way. I think of being comfortable in a position and going through the motions. We are told to renew every day, but that auto default, Lord, keep us in the moment. Bevy says, don't do life without God. Check the results. Verse 22. Oops, too late. <laughs> One of the things that I learned through this chapter, one of the big takeaways that I'm taking away from this chapter is you can't go based on what it looks like. You can't go based on what it looks like. Looks can be deceiving. Throughout the scriptures, we see that so many times people go based on what it looks like. Throughout our own life, we see that we go based on what things look like. Well, I can do that because it looks like something I can do, but I can't do that because it doesn't look like something I can do. But what if God's calling you to do this thing that doesn't look like something you can do and causing you to leave this thing that looks like something you can do? You, we can't live our life based on what we see because that means we're living our life based on our own strength and intellect. And that is dangerous, right? Think back to Moses. We see this throughout scripture. Think back to Moses, where God says he's going to use Moses to deliver the people in Egypt, deliver the Israelites that are in Egypt. He said he was going to use Moses to do this. Moses looked at himself, looked at the, the gravity of the situation and determined, I can't do that. I don't have, my speech isn't good enough, right? My speech isn't good enough. But the thing that we have to realize is it's not about what it looks like. Looks can be deceiving and give us a false sense of security that, oh, if it's something I can control, then I can do good at it. If it's something that I feel like is bigger than me, then I can't do good at it. But the problem is looks can be very deceiving. Looks can be very deceiving. And when we live our life based on what things look like, we're not living our life based on the word of God. The same thing with AI. When they went to battle AI, they sent scouts into the land. They sent scouts into the land and they looked at the land and they said, oh, this looks like something we can conquer. Easy. With just a few men. Well, you need to consult God. We got this. I mean, we're strong enough. 
but then they got they got beat. Why? Because they, they did it on their own strength, not realizing that, hey, when you do stuff on your own strength, you're really not as strong as you think you are. You might have been thinking you were this strong because of battles before, but you forgot that God was with you. So now you're going based on what it looks like, thinking you can conquer this land. Don't go based on what it looks like. And now here you have Gibeon. And Gibeon comes looking like they traveled a far off distance. Then they make a treaty with Gibeon based on, again, what it looks like. How many relationships have we gotten in? I mean, I'm going to be real. How many men have we maybe dated because of what they look like? We never consulted God, but we consulted their, we may have consulted their credit report. We may have consulted their, their, oh, look at the house they have. We may have consulted their finances. Oh, look at their financial stability. We may have consulted how they make us feel. Oh, they make me feel so good or whatever, whatever. We consulted all these things, but we didn't consult God. And then we were shocked. What in the world? Shocked. When? What he looked like didn't match what he was, who he was in that in that season's life, right? Going based on what something looks like. The same thing with choosing a job, right? And this is not to say that we need to be anxious, like, oh my gosh, God, am I making the right choice? Am I making the right choice? The only thing is to just ask God, make sure we're including him in our decision making. Make sure we're giving him space to speak, lead, and guide, and then trust the direction he points us in. This is not like a a one-stop shop to avoid all pain and issues and whatever, no. But it's to make sure that at least I made sure that I asked God. I included him. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't lead you on a path that has some pain associated with it, but it means the fact that I'm not not going to rely on my own what I think. Right. I'm not going to rely on just what I think. I'm going to include God in my decision making process. I'm going to include God in my decision making process. Oh, maybe get some people to pray. Right. Hey, guys, can we all pray together? And I'm going to just include God. I'm going to include I'm going to not just do this based on what I feel. Based on what I feel. Erica says, I ask, but do I take the time to listen? Woo, that's a big one. Why? Because a lot of times we don't have time to wait on God to reveal. We're like, okay, I ain't hear nothing. So I would just do me, right? Whoo-wee. But we see time and time again, it gets them in trouble. Why? We've got to understand as humans, we are designed to need God. We are designed to do life with God. That is what we were. We are designed that way. So whenever we try to do it our own way, we just result to basically what they did in the fall, right? When they ate the fruit that God told them not to eat or what have you, trying to be God without God, trying to be in control without God, trying to give ourselves a false sense that we are in control. It's the same thing that's happening, right? Whenever we make a dis- try to make a decision without even consulting God, it's like we fall back on our own strength 
and what and what how we feel like we are. But the thing that God is showing us is just come and ask me and leave room for me to answer. April says some decisions can have lifelong implications, but God is still faithful. Come on. God is still faithful. Thanks be to God for his grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Jessica said, help us, Lord, to ask you again. Come on. Help us, Lord, to ask you again. Karen says, the Lord says, don't look at the outward man. Look at the heart somewhere in the book of Samuel. Come on. And we're going to read that book too. So the, the concept of this was there, come, there came a time where the children of Israel wanted a king. They wanted a king. And Samuel was so distraught. Samuel was the prophet. Samuel was so distraught. Like, how could they want a king, you know, when God has brought us all this way? And God said to Samuel, look, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me. First of all, ouch. Because they want a king. They want to be like everybody else. They want to be like everyone they see. So they want a king. So I'm going to give them a king. And we see this idea that the, the people chose a king or wanted a king based on what the person looked like, right? So this idea based on what the person looked like. The people wanted a king based on what the person looked like. So who became king? King Saul became king. He was this big guy with a lot of inward insecurities. They didn't know that. He just looked like a really big, strong warrior man. He was from the right tribe. He was right strength, right height, all this stuff. And it ended up not being that great. Right? Every time we go based on what it looks like, I want to be like that nation. I want to be like those people over there. I want to do like what they're doing. It's basically I am choosing what I see based on uh, instead of the God I know. I'm choosing what I see instead of the God I know. Woo! My God. And God is saying, come to me first. Don't just go based on what you see, what you think. How many times we see something on social media? We see somebody's life and we want their life. We have no idea what it is behind closed doors. We want their business. We want their success. But we have no idea what we're really wanting. We want, we want a spouse like theirs. How many times have we had these celebrity um, relationship goals and we look at these celebrity couples and like, oh, I want a man like that. I want a man like that. We have no idea what we're asking for. We're going based on what we see and our eyes are severely limited. Severely limited. We see what people let us see. Same thing with the people in Gibeon. Joshua saw what the Gibeonites wanted them to see. Not what was true, but based but what what they wanted them to see they wanted them to they wanted themselves to appear like they came from a long distance so they dressed themselves up to appear like they came from a long distance and guess what that's all Joshua and his crew saw because that's what they wanted them to see we have to understand the limitations of what we can see the limitations of what we can see The limitations of what we can see. The same thing goes. I tell people all the time, like 
We might like a particular politician or a particular this or that. And I say all the time, you better pray. You better pray. Don't get too caught up in this party or that party. You better ask God because you're going to see what they want you to see. And you're going to base a decision based on what you see. But our vision can be manipulated all the time. Do you know there are literally marketing people that are experts in manipulating what you see in order to manipulate what you want? in order to manipulate what you desire. You think your desires are your own. You think what you want is your own, but you don't know that there's literally countless numbers of marketing professionals designed to manipulate your vision to, in order to manipulate your actions. What Gibeon did here is what's happening every day all around us. And so God is showing us through this, you got to invite me because you will get duped. You got to ask God because we will get duped based on what we see. Based on what we see. Mm. Based on what we see, we will. Amen. So we ask God again and we trust him to lead us. Does this mean that everywhere God leads is going to be super comfortable? No, it does not. We include him in our decision making, understanding that I can't just decide based on what it looks like. Hallelujah. Donita said, the funny part is God is faithful, but I keep forgetting. I'm so glad he is who he is. Help me to remember to come to you first. Come to you first. Lead and guide my direction, Lord. Karen says, God sees the beginning from the end. The end from the beginning. Come on. Anastasia says, and when you do life with God, your situations don't bring you down, but you experience joy and chaos and peace that makes no sense. You do. It's, it's, and this is not to say that it's not hard. I don't want, I don't want to, to, to lie and say, oh, if you perfectly hear God and everything, your life is not going to have challenges. That's not true. That is not true. But there is a comfort in following God. There is a comfort when following God. <laughs> Erica says, I feel like the Truman Show sometimes when the with the new merchandise and media. What is actually true? This, this is important. I pray that we know this. Before we even close, I pray that we really understand this. Because what happened with, the, with Joshua and the Gibeonites ha is happening with us every single day. So we have to understand this. Every single day where something is being manipulated on the outside and we buy into it because we never ask God. God had to, to, to get me on some of the things that I was doing. 
either because my culture does it or my, my family used to do it or whatever. I had to learn how to seek God with who I was voting for. I had to learn how to seek God with when to engage with certain arguments and when not to engage with certain arguments. I had to learn how to seek God because there are things that look really good. They seem like they're for you, but they're not. And God is like, come to me and I will show you the truth. And you might be like, well, what did he do? Did he like reveal something to you? Like tell you something or whatever? This has been my experience and everybody has a different experience, may have a different experience with God. But I will ask God, like for instance, I'll ask God to reveal to me um, the truth about a particular initiative or something that people are doing that seems really good and whether or not I should get involved with it. And I'll ask him just to, and, and over weeks, sometimes, sometimes months, I begin to see or different things begin to come to me about this particular group. When you start to, and you start to notice, oh my gosh, they're not really for what they said they were for. And the, the, all the paint begins to get peeled off and you start seeing and getting information about them that you didn't know. Same thing goes with people. This has happened with people as well, right? I'm like, okay, God, you know, whether it's a business venture or something, I want to get involved with somebody. And I'm and I gotta ask God, Lord, show me. Is this somebody that you would want me to get involved with in this? And then I wait to see where God directs. Don't get in a rush because getting in a rush, like, okay, God, you got to tell me about tomorrow because I gotta make this decision tomorrow. Don't get in a rush, right? Don't get in a rush. Wait for God to reveal and show you the directions. Wait on the Lord. Don't rush. Come on. Woo. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. God is so good, y'all. Wait on the Lord. Come on, Nidia says, God gives you grace for the place he wants you in. Mm-hmm. Amen. Genesis, I, I still fall prey to the lies in my head resulting from falling from manipulation. Thank God for bringing me out of it now. Yeah. <laughs> Karen says, this happened with my current vehicle. Looks good on the outside, horrible under the hood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. 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 And I love that. I love what you guys are saying because like, like I saw Karen say, there's no condemnation. Like if we found, all of us have found ourselves in situations where <laughs> we found ourselves in situations where we didn't ask God and we got caught up in some stuff. Or maybe we knew and we were like, nah, I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to give him a chance anyhow. Even though it was like, oh, there was some red flags, there was some this, but I don't know, I'm going to give him. And so maybe we got caught up in that stuff. But the thing is, there's no condemnation. Why? Come on, y'all. Let's, let's, let's look at the scripture. Aaron made a whole golden calf and God still let him be the, 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 the representation of the high priest. 
and his sons. Like God forgives you, right? Come to him, for repent, and God forgives you. And God says, okay, let's go back. Let's get back to business. Let's keep, keep going, doing what we're doing. <laughs> come on. God is like, okay, come on, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's go this way. God's not dwelling on it. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to use that ammunition too. I knew you were going to do it anyhow. <laughs> Let's go back and let this be a reminder to you, right? To just ask me next time. What happened with AI? What did God do with AI? They go, they go to AI, they get beat. Joshua comes back. Oh my goodness, God, did you leave us? And what does God say? Joshua, get up. <laughs> this is what happened. Find the issue in the camp, deal with it, and let's get back to business. <laughs> is it Joshua? Get up. Get up. Come on. And sometimes I realize that it's not even about forgiving ourselves. Sometimes it's just about accepting the forgiveness of God, really accepting it. Accepting the forgiveness of God and moving forward with him. Hmm. I pray that after reading this, though, that we literally ask God, before we start business ventures, before we go back to school, before we write a book, like that we ask God, before we get in relationships, before we do all these things that we may just do just flippantly, we ask God before we buy that car, before we, um, before, before we all, before we do anything, just ask him and just wait on hearing him. And if you feel like I don't really hear God that well, like, I'm not really good at discerning God. I give you two, two things. If you feel like you're not really good at discerning God, number one, keep reading the scriptures and, and, and keep notes about the character of God. Like, read the scriptures with the, the singularity of focus of, I want to understand the character of God. So that when you see something that is godly, you understand it. Or when you hear something that's godly, you understand it and it lines up with the character of God. And then you can go back and confirm it with the character of God. So reading the scriptures really, really helps. Number two, surround yourself with people that, that seek God as well and get their counsel. And get their counsel. We see it every morning on Mornings with Jesus. God speaks to us through the other women that are here. And that doesn't mean that we have to only listen to him through other people. But if you're struggling with the decision, ask people to pray for you. Ask them if they heard anything and take notes of those things. Right? And just begin to learn how to discern the direction of God. The one thing that will cloud your vision is making a decision too quickly. Making a decision too quickly. That 
that will cloud you up, thinking that you have to do it right now. Hmm. The tie said, I beat myself up for so long about a mistake I made. It felt so heavy. The enemy constantly used it against me, but God, he gave me beauty for ashes. Come on. That's how he does. That's why we don't have to beat ourselves up. And we can use it just as a remembrance of, okay, this time I'm going to ask him. <laughs> I'm going to include him in my thinking. Bevy says, don't do life without God. Come on. Hallelujah. Check in with him. Mary says, the truth of the matter is we need to understand God is raising soldiers and not babies. And we have to rise up. <laughs> yeah. And we all have our, our stages, right? But God does call us to stand up at times. Mm, this is good. Mm. Colina says, I think when we are genuinely forgiving, uh, sometimes our bad decisions keep defining us when he's saying, move on, girl, you're forgiven. Yeah. Move on. And the tricky thing about forgiveness, and I'll say this, the tricky thing about forgiveness is that oftentimes with forgiveness, we're waiting for our feelings to prove that we've forgiven something. Ah, oh, man, I, I like, I'm so shocked that we're going here. But we're waiting for our feelings to, to, to prove that we've forgiven something. What we don't realize is that what we tell ourselves over the course of time creates a code in our mind. So we have to understand that forgiveness and renewing our mind are two separate processes, right? So I can forgive myself, meaning I can forgive myself. I can forgive someone else, meaning that they no longer have to pay a debt. However, I can still feel insecure in my decision-making process, or I can still feel or beat myself up, or I can still whatever. Why? Because I have not renewed my mind into the way that, the, that God is thinking. I've not renewed my mind. So how do I renew my mind? I replace some of those things I'm playing in my mind with the things that God says. Does this happen automatically? No. Because we have to renew it. We have to exchange, intentionally exchange things in our mind. What we don't understand is our mind is a computer. The computers are literally based on our mind. The computers we use are based on the principles of how our mind functions. And what does it do? It writes code. So to make certain processes fast, it's like, oh, you want to think of yourself like this? Great. I'll make it quick. You want to think this about yourself? Great. I'll make it quick. I'll write a code. 
your mind is designed to do what you tell it to do. So now if I'm feeling still insecure about things, oh, I got to tell it to do something different. Why does God constantly, God doesn't dwell. Why doesn't he dwell with people? Why doesn't he, I mean, he dwells with us, but why doesn't he like go on a pity party charade with us? Remember when Moses was like, oh, I can't go to Egypt. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. God didn't sit there and say, Moses, you are good enough because remember when this, remember that? He didn't say that. What did he say? He said, I'll be with you. I'm going to do this. Why did he say that? Because he's shifting your thought process. He's not going to go on a little rant with you trying to go down the thing because it's not going to work. Your mind has to be shifted into a new way of thinking. And your emotions will catch up. And your emotions will catch up. Your emotions will catch up with what you tell it to think. They will catch up. This is why a lot of uh, therapists may tell you, do the opposite action, right? They, they call it doing the opposite action. If you feel like, I feel like I just want to stay in the bed. Trust me, I've been there. I just want to stay in the bed. I don't want to get up. I just want to be here. What do you have to do? The opposite action. You say, body, get up, and you get up. Why? Because your emotions will catch up. And this doesn't mean shoving things down. This doesn't mean hiding things. This doesn't mean not processing emotions because you definitely need to do that because it will keep happening. You need to process through, but we have to understand how our mind works. We've got to understand how our mind works. A lot of times we're trying to forgive ourselves when the real thing is you just need to renew your mind. A lot of times we're still trying to forgive somebody that hurt us. You already forgave them. You just need to renew your mind. Right? We just need, we need a new mindset. We need to replace the code that's in our own mind. And then go do that. You don't see God taking a whole long time to forgive someone. He forgives and then he moves on. Why? Because you got to renew your mind so that you can keep going. I got to give you, I got to show you the direction to go. Come on. So some of us thinking we didn't forgive, but we forgave. We just haven't renewed our mind. We haven't told our mind what to think. Come on. We haven't told our mind something new. We haven't processed through the old emotions, but we haven't given our mind anything else new to think. So our mind is using what we gave it. Our mind is using what we gave it. We have to understand that. We have to understand that even the way that we interact with God, some of that coding is based on, is just based on what we've always done. Our brains are amazing. They are amazing computers designed to take in what the actions that we do and create codes around them so we don't have to think about them so hard. Think about it. If you hear a car coming, coming, you literally jump out the road immediately. You don't have to know what color the car is. You don't have to know how big the car is. You don't have to stare at it and see if it's a truck, a car, a van. Your mind is so conditioned that if it hears a coming close, it whoop. You jump back. Why? Because your brain has written a code to the sound of the vehicles that it moves you out the way without much thought. That's what our brain is designed to do. A kid doesn't have that. That's why you have to shout, get out the road. Because they haven't had time 
to write the code. But the same thing goes with me kind of having a pity party for myself or feeling like, you know, in a place of condemnation. It's because why? I didn't rewrite the code. God helped me rewrite the code in my mind. Karen says it's okay to write it on your hand temporarily. Come on, write it on your hand. Write what the scriptures say about you. Write it on your wall. Write it on your, your mirror. <laughs> your emotions will catch up. Don't go based on what your emotions say. Come on, don't need us a time to reprogram with God. Write it down. Reprogram the mind, right? The scriptures say, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says then and only then will you see the will, the good, perfect and pleasing will of God. I don't know how we got to there from, from what we were reading today. But I guess that's what God wanted to talk to us about today is don't go based on what you see and also don't go based on what you feel. Tell your mind what to think and let your thoughts be the thoughts that God has. Come on, let your thoughts be the thoughts that God has replace the thought. Come on, let's be honest. Where did some of these thoughts come from that we have? Where did some of them come from where, that we have? Some of our thoughts that we have came from abusive relationships. These thoughts, these, mm -mm. these thoughts are dangerous, but your mind doesn't know that. We have to understand this. Your mind is not against you, but you got to tell it what to think, right? You got to say, okay, this is what God says. This is what we're going to think instead. Reprogram my mind. Check in with God first. Renew my mind. Don't go based on your feelings. Don't go based on what you see. Come on, Anastasia said, mind renewal, brain reset, empty the recycle bin. Come on. Don't go based on what you see. Don't go based on what you feel. Go based on what God said. And if your feelings or your thoughts don't line up to what God said, then you just take what God said and you replace it. And like Karen said, write yourself notes. Train your brain. This is how we're going to work, brain. Because all of, our, all of our thoughts, every thought we had came from training. We may not have done it intentionally, but our brain was trained to think the way it's thinking. Our, train was, our, our brain was trained to think the way it's thinking. And you typically was trained that way by experiences that we may have had and perceptions that we took from the experiences that we had. So we have to go back and see, hey, are these thoughts aligned with what God says? If not, like y'all keep saying, I got to dump it out. 
I've got to dump it out. And I've got to say, God, what are you saying? Not just what, what I am. Look, let me tell you something. Oh, man, this is so good. This is so good. It's like a connection between, you know, you guys know that I love the scriptures and I love psychology and how they mix and mingle together. is just so amazing to me. What we learn about our minds and how our minds work and what God's been telling us all this time about our minds throughout the scriptures. It just connects so well together. What happened when they saw the children of Gibeon, when they saw the nation of Gibeon? What happened is that they saw these people dressed the way they were dressed and they heard what the people said and therefore they made a complete conclusion about what was true and not true. But the same thing happens in our lives. We may see somebody that resembles somebody that hurt us in the past. Come on. Some of us have issues with men, period. Why? Because there was a man in the past that hurt me. So when I see a man, I immediately perceive this whole entire story onto this person. Or when I see something like this happen or that happen, I perceive a whole entire story about that. Why? Because of something that went on in my past and how this kind of connects. And now I can't see past it because this is the story that my mind is telling us. What we have to understand is that there are some stories and narratives that our mind still has stuck in there that have to be renewed. Come on, Jessica said, listing untruths, my understanding or feelings versus truths, God's word is a technique I've learned to do to combat negative thoughts. Come on. Yes. Yep. And that's a strategy that I use. I told you guys that I've been struggling. That's the strategy that I use when my mind is going a little wonky due to hormone, hormone issues. And when I can't do it, because there are times where I'm just like, then I get around typically my husband or somebody that can remind me of what God says. I'll say the thing out that just my mind is repeating and then they'll respond with what God says. And I'll hold on to that with all my might. Why? Because my, my, my emotions will catch up. I don't have to live based on how it feels. I don't have to live based on what it looks like. I don't even have to live based on whether I feel like I forgave myself. Look, if God forgave me, I will just remind my mind that God has forgiven me until my emotions catch up. Until they catch up. I can't even go based on whether I feel like I forgave myself. Look, Feelings are just a, is just a con collection of perspective. Come on. Erica says, yeah, my father was a bad father role model. Stop me from having a good relationship with God. Why? Because I had, because and this happens to a lot of people, right? I have this perception of father and you say you're a father. So I imprint the perception or the narrative about who or what a father is. I have that in my mind. And until that thing gets renewed, I can't see, it's hard to see past it. But the tricky part is, that I can renew my mind before my feelings catch up. So I can't go based on my feelings. 
because they will catch up. They'll catch up. They will catch up. That's why we keep coming every morning. We keep reading the scriptures every day. Why? Because we're renewing our mind to who God is. And guess what? I don't know about y'all, but my emotions have caught up. And then there's some times where they kind of go back to a place that they were before. And then I keep going and I keep plunging, going through with God and things like that. And my emotions catch up. They do. They do. I can't live based on those. Donita says we got to remind our mind of the word of God, what God said. What does God say? I've got to rehearse that. What does God say? And don't get me wrong. The dangerous thing that some people try to do is they try to shove down emotions. That is that's disastrous. <laughs> it's disastrous. Don't do that. Trust me. But know that you can give those emotions to God and know that you can talk them out and know that those emotions are not your identity. They don't even, they're not even yours. Like they don't, they are literally a collection of perspectives that were, that were created over time. They're not who you are. They're not your identity. Yes, you process them out and you just, you, you, you can process them through with God, with counseling, things like that, but they're not who you are and your mind, you <laughs> Your mind can and will be renewed through the word of God. Hallelujah. Erica said, wow, faith mama's renewed my mind about God. So happy and blessed. And all we did was read about him. And that that's what we have to realize is how our mind works. It's going to pick up what you keep putting in it. Oh, she wants to think this. Oh, this is what she wants to think. Oh, this is what she wants. Oh, okay. Let's write a code. Let's let's overwrite this one. Let's rewrite. Hallelujah. Genesis, wow. Feelings is just a collective, a collective of perspectives. Shift perspectives and your feelings shift. Come this. It's so true. Move to a different position. Position yourself next to God and see it from his perspective. Come on. Jessica said, said, wow, same for me. I didn't know what a good father was like. So it was hard for me to accept God as a great father. I had him on the level of man, right? Because it's, our mind writes codes. And until we tell it to unwrite it, and until we give it something to replace it with, it's just going based on the perspectives that we've had over a course of time in our lives. That's what it is. And people, some people wonder why. Some people wonder why I recommend counseling or therapy and things like that to people. Is it because I don't believe that Jesus Christ can change our mindset? 
Is it because I believe that Jesus can't do it? No, that's not true. <laughs> it's very practical why I believe that that sometimes counseling is good. The reason is because the honest truth is that a lot of times we won't work on renewing our mind if we don't have a calendar date on the calendar to say at this time I'm processing through and I'm renewing my mind. The honest truth is that we don't sit with God to do this work. We don't sit with God to do this work. That's why mornings with Jesus is so effective because it gives you a time on a calendar. It gives you a time and God wakes me up every day. Like, come on, we're doing this. For some of us, it's become a time block on a schedule. And it, and if we're honest with ourselves, before mornings with Jesus, some of us hadn't, hadn't been doing this work. Something happens when we have a time to do the work. Because renewing our mind means that I intentionally, intentionally on purpose. This stuff is not going to happen through osmosis. Some of us are waiting for God to do it through osmosis. And he's like, renew your mind. It's going to do, you're going to have to get into the scriptures. You're going to have to renew your mind on purpose. Trust the word of God and put it in front of your face. Meditate on it. Replace old thoughts with, with new ones. Replace old thinking with new thinking on purpose. Come on, Roma says, I refuse to live caged by my thoughts. I'm walking in the freedom and liberty of Jesus. Come on. And for some of us, we got to remind ourselves of that. We can't just say it one time. Why? Because we want our minds to catch up to what God, to, to God. We want our minds to catch up to what God says. Hallelujah. Lily says, got to pull down those strongholds by renewing our mind with the word of God. Every day. That's why we do this. I mean, we don't do it on the weekends. Perfectly, you know, either you're meditating on something over the weekends or things like that. But every day. Because that's how our minds work. We have to understand. We have to understand that the codes we have written in our mind right now have been written over time. So we replace them every day. Colina said, listen, a chaplain that was a counselor was like my saving grace. And she was rough too. She didn't coddle me and say things I really wanted to hear. She was real and it helped me. Come on. Sometimes we need that. That's why I recommend counseling. I mean, you got to get yourself a good counselor, but I recommend counseling. If you don't have finances for counseling and you have somebody that's willing to sit and process through when you know they're good at it, then do it with them. Make the time and the space to process through emotions so that you can get rid of the stuff that's old, that's not true, and replace it with the stuff that is based on the word of God. And stop watching things that reinforce bad mental models in our mind. Woo-wee! I don't know how we got from, from Gibeon all the way to here, but I know that God, he has a plan. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. 
But the big thing I believe, and we're about to close, the big thing I believe that God has shown us is don't go based on what you see and what you feel. Go based on the word of God. And then rewrite your mind. They call it mental models. Rewrite your mental models based on the word of God. And this cannot be a shove down process. This has to be a get out process. All the emotions and mental models have to have to be released. And we have to accept the word of God. Daily and our feelings will catch up. They will. They will respond to the work that you're doing as you renew your mind in the word of God. Don't rush this. And don't get hard on yourself or down on yourself because your feelings haven't quite caught up yet. Or because you thought, oh, I thought that my feelings had caught up and now I'm having a bad day. Look, don't go based on them things. Like Rosalani says, feelings and emotions are not predictable. So going by them is not the answer. They change, they fluctuate. Come on. (laughs) What are these things called? Hormones can throw them. Based on what we eat and things like that, we can't go based on those things. We can't go based on what it looks like. We can't go based on what it feels like. We got to go based on what God said. (laughs) Anastasia says sometimes our feelings and emotions can be a scam. It's true. And sometimes our feelings and emotions are truly evidence of pain that needs to be get, get out of our body, be process through yes you never want to shove them down i'm telling you you try to shove them down that's not the answer but you release them and then you grab hold of what god says come on jan says avoid manipulation ask god first accept what he says is true um true and good and obey him come on Carlina says, I can't get enough of this. Praise God. You don't know how much is going over, going over Joshua has helped me. I'm so excited. Praise the Lord. So I'm so excited over the help I received. Praise God. Hallelujah. Shannon said, this is good. Just talk to my therapist about my emotions and how big they feel sometimes. Also how what I know knowledge wise doesn't match how I feel. Yes. Come on, Jessica said, I never really doubt God. I doubt myself, but if I'm made in his image. And this is how processing, and so, man, I know we gotta go, but I wanna say this one thing that's really, really helped me. This is how processing emotions works. And and Karen says, release. This is what I've learned. What I used to do is I used to shove down emotions and just try to paint them over with a with a scripture. I would shove them down like, no, 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 I'm not going through this. This is not really happening. I, 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 and I would put a scripture on it. Don't do that. Right. We have to actively release by saying, this is how I feel right now. Is this true? Is this what God thinks of me? If, and then we have to real and say, it's not true and release it and replace it. 
right? We've got to do the work to do that. We can't just shove it down in fear because that's what we, that's how we deal with our emotions sometimes. Look, you don't got to be afraid of your emotions. God ain't afraid of them. You just don't have to live your life based on them. You don't got to do what they tell you. You don't have to be afraid of them. They don't have to bully you around. They are just codes that have been written over time and you can process through by saying, okay, is this real? Is it, Am I really in danger right now? Is this, is, is this what this emotion, is this really, what is it trying, what is it saying? You process it through and then you release it and you replace it with the word of God and what God says. And your feelings, I'm telling you, they will catch up to the code that you're writing. Come on, Hosea says, God is not scared of those emotions. He's not. You don't have to be either. I know sometimes they feel scary and they feel big, but you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to try to shove them down and like, don't come out, don't come out, don't come out, please don't come out, don't come out. You don't have to do that. Process, release, replace. Genesis, reveal, recognize, release, replace. Come on. God is not mad at the emotions. God is not mad at at the anxiety attack. God is not mad at any of that. I love what Genesis said, reveal. What is this? What is don't 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 hide it. That's the trick of the devil. Genesis reveal, recognize, release, replace. I said process, release, replace. Either one, whichever one you want to do. And your emotions will catch up. Come on, Erica said, I need a transcript of this chat and it will be available. You can come back to the chat and read them. If you're watching on the replay, if you click live chat, um, when you come to the YouTube channel, you can um, you can uh, look at the live chat. We're about to go, y'all. This, this Sunday, I'm supposed to be talking about mental health. Um, this Sunday at 7 a.m. on this channel. And I can't remember what the title of it is. The concept of the concept is, are we truly handling our emotions and our mental health in the way that God handles it? Or are we handling in the way the devil does? And I think it's funny that we're here and that I had already planned to talk about this on Sunday. Um, one of the, the strategies of the enemy is to get you to hide stuff in the dark. Enemy loves the dark. So we get. Uh, oh, Brickell says that's exactly what the devil wants. That's the title. That's exactly what the devil wants. There's some things that we're doing in our mental health and to ourselves mentally that are exactly what the devil wants, but we're calling it, we're, we're, we're thinking we're doing it for God. We're shoving down feelings, we're shoving down emotions, we're keeping everything in the dark thinking this must be what God wants. That's not how he does things. That's not how he does things. So we're going to talk about that. If you are available on Sunday at 7 a.m., we're going to talk about that scripturally because y'all know how we do it. We're going to talk about that scripturally. What does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? 
God ain't afraid of our emotions. Why are we walking around afraid of them? We don't understand our emotions at the time because we're so afraid of them. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Why are we so afraid? Anywho, I'm excited to see what God does on that Sunday. All right, we're going to pray. Um, somebody says that sometimes the live chat feature doesn't work. So the live chat feature usually takes 24 hours to catch up. So if you're trying to access the live chat feature right after this live was finished, sometimes it won't be available. Typically, it takes like 24 hours to be back up. Ah, yes. Anastasia says, Dominique, just a quick reminder in case you change times again in the States. Please remember those of us outside the States, it affects our timing as well. Yes. Thank you so much for letting me know. And I will make sure to put a post out because when the, when the states change uh, time, like daylight savings time and stuff like that. Uh, and hopefully if Lanita is here, if you could remind me, sis, or somebody can remind me if the daylight savings time changes here in the States, we got to say, say it because we got people in Italy. We got people in Costa Rica, people where their times don't change. So yes, we will remember. Remember. Thank you, Donita. Donita is on it. Praise the Lord. All right, y'all, let's go ahead and pray. God is good. God is good. Ah, Father God, I thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to study your word alongside my sisters this morning. Lord, you saw me this morning. I didn't even want to get out the bed, but you are faithful, Lord, to get me up, to get me here. And Lord, you are faithful, God, to help us to see you through the scriptures, and to take a story and a testimony that was generations before our time. Show us what was happening at that time, but then also speak to us about what's happening with us. And Lord, we are so grateful for the timeless truths that we can pull out. And we are also so grateful for the times you just veer us in a completely different direction. Lord, we thank you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, continue to have your way. And Lord, teach us and show us what renewing our minds looks like, what, what it looks like to truly trust your word instead of trusting what we see or trusting our feelings. Lord, how can we trust you? Show us what that looks like. Help us, Lord God, those of us that feel like we don't hear you, Lord, help us to hear you. Help us to know you in our everyday lives. Teach us, Lord, how to hear you better, how to hear you clearer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you guys. I pray that you guys have an amazing day. Um, and if this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider giving um, to this ministry. I am excited for the day that this ministry is able to have a team and a staff that can really um, focus time on this work. So if you feel led to give, please do uh, to help us with the app, to help us with some other things. We're trying to do a diaper drive and different things for, for moms that need so please, uh, if you feel so led, 
um, please give. And nothing is too small. I'm trying to tell you, I've seen tons of $5 miracles where we were $5 short with the app and the $5 came through. So I want to let you know um, that you can give and your gift will be much appreciated. And Erica is in here reminding us, like, comment, share, and subscribe. It definitely helps uh, YouTube to send this out to more people. Um, so please like, comment, share, and subscribe. It matters. Oh, thank you, Donita. And also we have 16 tickets left, 16 tickets left for the Faith Mamas Retreat. Please make sure to get your ticket um, in the month of April. We'll actually be talking about this outside of the app right now. We're trying to give people um, that are active and in the app um, kind of first dibs that are active on Mornings with Jesus, active in the app, kind of first dibs at this, and then we will release it to our mailing list and all that stuff. So make sure that you get your ticket if you if you want to. Um, we have 16 tickets left. And if you're interested, let us know. We were thinking about um, doing some virtual ticket options where if you can't get there live, uh, we can set it up where you can be there virtually. So let us know if that's something that you would be interested in, like a virtual ticket option where you can um, join in online. Um, and let us know that we will definitely set that up and we can have the equipment set up so that we can basically bring y'all in virtually just as if you were there. So anyway, let us know if there's something you're interested in. Cause that's something that we're definitely thinking about bringing up. Anyway, I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. And I pray that you have an absolutely amazing Friday. I'll see you on Sunday at 7am as we talk about, um, some mental health things. All right. Talk to y'all later. Bye for now.